The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. And hi there, ho there. Welcome, everybody. It is, um, what is it, Wednesday? Yeah, it's Wednesday. Hump day on the Chris Salcedo Show. Glad you've tuned in. Telephone number here is 888-900-3393. 888 900 As has um, been the case a lot in the first six months of the Trump administration, a presidential tweet has completely changed what I was going to be talking about here on the Chris Salcedo Show. We'll get to that after the flip around. Also, we're talking with uh, Monica Crowley, our good buddy, about something that Senator John McCain, in a, well, what a short-lived triumphant return to the United States Senate, he then began to blame other people for his and people like him, their failure in the United States Congress. We'll get into that as well. And uh, a sitting congressman, we'll ask him about actual proof of collusion, money paid by the Russian government over here to the United States. They have tracked it, they have found it, and it's going to particular groups. Why are you not hearing about verified collusion? It's all coming up on the Chris Salcedo Show. Catch the show live at theblaze.com slash radio, Blaze Radio smartphone app, iHeartRadio app, SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher for on-demand listening, and social media, the Facebook page, The Chris Salcedo Show, C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O, You'll find an email link there on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. And make sure you visit TheBlaze.com. You go to TheBlaze.com and you click on the channels section and then you will find our presence there. Daily offerings lovingly provided, expertly written by our pals at TheBlaze.com. Flip around, they are all consumed. Uh, And we're going to start on Fox because... (laughs) Shepard Smith, uh, even though Shepard Smith ought not be conflating transgender issues with gay issues, he is. Uh, but we will we will listen to his take on the president saying no more transgenders in the United States military. Others to offer service and sacrifice for a country they love. Today on Twitter, President Trump reversed that policy. He tweeted. Thank you. After consultation with my generals and military experts, please be advised that the United States government will not accept or allow (laughs) transgender individuals to serve in any capacity in the U.S. military. Mm -hmm. Our military must be focused on decisive and overwhelming victory and cannot be burdened with the tremendous medical costs and disruption that transgender in the military would entail. Thank you. But at last check, the policy allowing transgender service members was still up on the Defense Department website. Former Secretary Carter, who I noted changed his policy last year, released a statement today, and it reads in part, to choose service members on other grounds than military qualifications is social policy and has no place in our military. Which is backward. There are already transgender individuals who are serving capably and honorably. This action would also send the wrong signal to a younger generation thinking about military service. Here's Wait a minute, are, is our younger generation all transgendered? I had no idea. Back in January. 
Do you believe that allowing LGBT Americans to serve in the military or women in combat is undermining our lethality? Uh, frankly, Senator, I've never cared much about two consenting adults and who they go to bed with. And that has nothing to do with transgenderism. Uh, transgenderism, ladies and gentlemen, has nothing to do with sexuality. Nothing. Transgenderism is being born into a body and you actually are wired in your brain to think that you're a different sex. Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't know if I'm the only conservative talk show host around the country, but I'm one of the few who has actually had parents of a transgender child on their program. It is different than gay issues. Shepard Smith, hell, he ought to be an expert. Transgender issues are different than gay issues. Gay issues are you're a man and you're attracted to a man. Transgender issues are you are born a man, but you you are thoroughly convinced that you are a female or vice versa. It's not sexual in transgenderism. So with all due respect to, to Mad Dog Mattis, I don't, I don't think that he is, um, this was something he actually dealt with as he was coming up in the military ranks. Now, about this overreaction i will read from a hill article that published concerns when resident obama was doing the actual real social engineering with our nation's defense in april of 2010 department of defense dod instruction regarding medical standards listed a change of sex as a disqualifying physical condition. This regulation was justified by the concern that transsexuals, uh, again, these are, should be transgenders, those who have undergone sex changes, would require medical maintenance and that complications which may stem from hormone therapy could cause service members to lose excessive duty time and impair the ability to serve in all corners of the globe. Is Shepard Smith really going to get on Fox News and say there are no medical restrictions when you make a transgender transition? That these, uh, uh, Scott Free, you do it, it's done. Never, never a maintenance. Is, is, Shepard Smith going to get on Fox News and say that these individuals do not have medical complications because of this transition. I'll defer to medical experts rather than Shepard Smith over at Fox News. Under the same DOD instruction, one of the disqualifying learning psychiatric and behavioral conditions was, quote, current or history of psychosexual conditions, including but not limited to transsexualism and transvestism. A recent review of the scientific literature by psychiatrist Lawrence Mayer and Paul McHugh notes that, quote, adults who have undergone sex reassignment surgery continue to have a higher risk of experiencing poor mental health outcomes. Oh, but let's ignore all of that, Shepard Smith, because we need to be politically correct. Now, what does this have to do with the military? Well, if you're under the weather and not of sound mind, because you're dealing with other issues, uh, you undermine the effectiveness of our military. Uh, Mr. Mattis, you'll, you'll notice the sound bite that 
Shepard Smith played, said, I don't care who people go to bed with. And that, that has nothing to do with their overall health and ability to serve. And study after study after study shows that there is a vulnerability in the effectiveness of our fighting forces when transgenders are factored in because of the very nature and the drastic changes that happens because of sex reassignment surgery. Not to mention the Bradley Manning case and others like it. Many of those who are seeking sexual reassignment surgeries find that it's not covered under a lot of plans. It's changing, but it, my understanding is the universal coverage of that surgery is not covered by a lot of insurance plans. But it's covered in the U.S. military courtesy of President Obama. So there are some, Mr. Manning included, who joined and had their trans, and I'm not saying it's be, that's why he joined, I'm just saying that because he was in the military, his sexual reassignment, sex reassignment surgery was paid for by you, the U.S. taxpayers. And I believe that's what, and, and by the way, it's costly surgery, it's costly maintenance that perhaps the U.S. taxpayers should not endure. Not to mention, it doesn't do anything to benefit the lethality and the readiness of our services. Now, on the gay question, the Salcedo show has been very clear. I could care less whether a soldier or a sailor or an airman is gay or straight. Don't care. All I care is where they can shoot straight. There is no medical evidence that proves that being gay limits your health and effectiveness in battle. I have not seen one. Now what that does, what, that, what having somebody of, uh, 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 of the gay persuasion, what it does to unit cohesion, there are studies that say that's not very good. But as far as health and cost, I can see no cost or health limitations for anybody who is gay serving. Somebody who is undergoing or has undergone sexual reassignment surgery, there is. Isn't it amazing? The alleged party of science. The alleged ideology of science. Shepard Smith, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. If he was objective, he would have found exactly like I did. The Department of Defense and reviews on psychiatry and on the general health of those who have undergone or will undergo uh, sexual reassignment surgery, hormonal treatment, and their overall health. And if they can't be on the front lines, they can't be defending the country, thus they, they put in danger the lethality of our forces if they're in key positions. That's the long and short of it. Now look, do I support Donald Trump doing this on a tweet? <laughs> no. I would have just preferred he implemented the policy, didn't tweet about it, and moved on. By my understanding, he's got plenty of evidence on his side. 
I do think it's the way he did it was a bit of a distraction. It dominated the White House press briefing today. That's all anybody want to talk about. And maybe that was by design too. Playing this biased press like a fiddle. They are so sensitive when Barack Obama's legacy is unwound because they're biased. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Keep up with the Chris Salcedo Show on Facebook and on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX. Just another way to stay in touch with Chris on the Blaze Radio Network. to the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, welcome back, everybody. The other thing we got to deal with today, unfortunately, is John McCain. Uh, John McCain made a a short-lived triumphant return to the United States Senate yesterday. Here's what it sounded like. When he was uh, diagnosed with brain cancer, we said on the show, politics aside, we wished him all the best. Prayed for him and, uh, and his family. Mr. McCain. Mr. McCain, I... And with that eye, he was able to move forward to debate. Moved to debate the House repair of Obamacare bill. Now, it's noteworthy that Lisa Murkowski and Senator Collins alleged Republicans. They voted with Democrats to not even debate. It is my experience that leftists prefer not to debate. They prefer to shout down, shut up, or strong arm their oppositions. There was no debate in Fidel Castro's Cuba. He just killed people. There was no debate, or there is no debate, in communist China. There was no debate in Soviet Russia. There is no debate in Venezuela where Maduro rules with an iron fist. So those who favor not debating the issue, uh, it is my experience, don't have the intellectual honesty, wherewithal, or perhaps the ability to make arguments in support of their idiotic positions. We have never shied from debate on the Chris Salcedo show. By the way, about the whole transgender thing, with that in mind, do you guys agree with what Donald Trump has done? Do you, do you agree with no longer allowing transgenders to serve in the U.S. military? Telephone number, 888-900-3393, 888-900-3393, because we encourage debate here. So, Murkowski and Collins, that's one issue. 
Upon McCain's return to the floor of the United States Senate, he began to implore his uh, fellow senators to work together. It's a shell of a bill right now. We all know that. I have changes urged by my state's governor that will have to be included to earn my support for final passage of any bill. I know many of you will have to see the bill change substantially for you to support it. We tried to do this by coming up with a proposal behind closed doors in consultation with the administration, then springing it on skeptical members, trying to convince them that it's better than nothing. That it's better than nothing? Now, I agree with McCain on that one point. It is far less important to do, to do something than it is to do the right thing. I don't want to see when it comes to one-sixth of the U.S. economy and something that affects every man, woman, and child in this country, something done by Republicans. I want the right thing done. And steering away from the socialist model that is Obamacare is the right thing. Not adopting it, not keeping elements of it, getting rid of it. Advancing back toward free market, that is the right thing. Asking us to swallow our doubts and force it past a unified opposition. I don't think that's going to work in the end, and probably shouldn't. The administration and congressional de Democrats shouldn't have forced through Congress without any opposition support a social and economic change as massive as Obamacare. And we shouldn't do the same with ours. So there he is admitting that the Democrats... As a matter of fact, in this next soundbite, he admits the Democrats shut out the Republicans. Which is, well, see, the Republicans wanted to be in on it when they were the minority. Democrats don't want any part of repeal of Obamacare. Why don't we try the old way of legislating in the Senate? The way our rules and customs encourage us to act. If this process ends in failure, which seems likely, then let's return to regular order. Let the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee under Chairman Alexander and Ranking Member Murray hold hearings, try to report a bill out of committee with contributions from both sides. Yes, and we can, and we can get relief to the American people sometime, uh, what, 2020, Mr. McCain? So at any rate, uh, there he is uh, uh, after the Democrats had stabbed him in the back and stabbed us in the back, the country, by locking out Republicans and not giving them any voice in Obamacare. Here comes John McCain saying, well, we shouldn't do the same. We should give, de we should give Democrats a voice in fixing the mess that they imposed on the country, says John McCain. Now, he, as he implored his fellow lawmakers to work together, he decided to place the blame for their inability to, to work on me, on Doc, on Glenn, on Rush, on Sean. Stop listening to the bombastic loudmouths on the radio and television and the internet. To hell with them. They don't want anything done for the public good. Our incapacity is their livelihood. I have more than a few things to say about it next with our buddy Monica Crowley on the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blitz.
The Chris Salcedo Show will be right back. The Blaze Radio Network. Taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Stop listening to the bombastic loudmouths on the radio and television and the internet. To hell with them. That's John McCain uh, blaming again, uh, just like Mitch McConnell did a, a few months back, blaming talk radio and those calling out the ineffectiveness of the Republican Party, uh, blaming us for their inability to get any work done. Let's talk about this and many other things. Monica Crowley, well-known political analyst and a senior fellow at the London Center for Policy Research. You've seen her offerings on Fox News Channel and seen her writing in the Washington Times. Monica Crowley, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Hey, Chris. Great to be with you. I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of individuals like John McCain who apparently blame us, who can't stand up to scrutiny for their failures. You know, this is not the first time we've heard that kind of frustration coming from the establishment. In this case, it came from John McCain. John McCain, God bless him, is facing his own challenges right now, but he's giving voice to the rage of the establishment, right? The frustration of the establishment. And then they turn around and wonder why Donald Trump got elected president of the United States. (laughs) The American people on both sides have been extremely frustrated with the establishments on both sides. Why? For the exact reason why we're seeing that there is no health reform bill that is ready to go when the Republicans mm-hmm. have control of the presidency and both houses of Congress. The, 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 what you saw last year was a revolt of the people against the elites. And John McCain, God bless him, is a member of that elite ruling class. And so when they're complaining about you and me, the loudmouths, apparently we're the loudmouths on talk radio, etc., it's because we're the ones giving voice to the regular folks, everyday hardworking Americans who raise their families, work hard, pay their bills, pay their taxes, and just want to see their country run properly and efficiently and well in ways that take care of their immediate needs. For example, the military, uh, healthcare, etc., in efficient ways. And so, for McCain to turn around and and others, you know, he's not the only one on Capitol Hill blaming the likes of the regular folks for this. Is it's so predictable? It's outrageous, but it's so predictable. And if they continue to do that, they're going to see not just Donald Trump reelected in a couple of years, but they're going to see baby Donald Trumps come up, meaning outsiders who are actually in the mold of what the founders intended, Chris, which are citizen leaders, people coming from all walks of life to go and serve their country and then leave. Not this beholden political class uh, on top of which John McCain sits. Yeah, and you bring up a great point that for the last six, seven years, these Republicans have said they want to be rid of Obamacare. Uh, They've done zero work into coming up with a consensus bill, and I think you can lay that at the feet of somebody who everybody agrees is leadership, uh, John McCain. Uh, What has he been doing these last six years? I don't think work on uh, getting rid of this socialist model that Obama imposed on the country has been top of his priority list. Uh, The president of the United States, the current president, Donald Trump, 
he's pretty angry, and I think a lot of us can understand why he is, about the unlimited scope that Bob Mueller, the special counsel, has been given. Uh, in particular, uh, Rod Rosenstein, the, the deputy AG, says, hey, here you go, go do this, uh, wh- whatever you want. And he, and he's, he's, the scope of this investigation is going everywhere. They're looking for a crime. They haven't identified a crime. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the president's right being frustrated. Yeah, no, and uh, we all share his frustration. Look, Jeff Sessions, the attorney general, as conservatives, we admire and respect him deeply, and he's doing very important work as attorney general in other areas. His mistake, well, people say he shouldn't have recused himself. Well, maybe he should have recused himself, but I think the big mistake, Chris, was that he allowed the recusal to be defined so broadly to encapsulate everything instead of saying okay i'm going to step aside on this very narrow issue of russia x you know whatever it might be you you limit the recusal to a very small sliver so that you can also then have control and authority over other things instead jeff sessions allowed the recusal to encapsulate everything okay it's like a huge basket a catch-all of everything which means he has no authority over Mueller, this investigation rosenstein Nothing. So, of course, it's going completely out of control, as most independent councils do. That's why members of both parties can't stand it, and they hate it. Look, (laughs) you'll remember that the Lewinsky scandal actually started, Ken Starr was looking into, what, a 1978 land deal called Whitewater, and it ended up with an intern carrying a pizza in a thong in the Oval Office. So these things have take on lives of their own. You, you have political agendas at play. You look at Mueller, who is best friends with James Comey, and the staff that he's hiring are Democrats who gave a lot of money to Hillary and the Democrats over the years. So you know that they have an agenda. So this process has already been corrupted. The president is, is exactly right to vent his frustration. Monica Crowley is our guest right now, folks. She is with the London Center for Policy Research. Uh, let me run a theory by you. And, I, and it's just a theory because I've got to be honest with you, I have no idea because I've never seen anything like this. What's going on between the president and his attorney general, uh, President Trump and, and Jeff Sessions? Sessions has just announced they're going to crack down on sanctuary cities, which is a blessing to our uh, ears here in, in Texas because we're the only state in the union taking sanctuary cities seriously by passing the laws we just passed. Uh, SB4. Uh, so Sessions seems undeterred. He's continuing to do his job. And meanwhile, Donald Trump continues his assaults on Twitter on the AG and the, 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 the press. And I got I to gotta tell you, Monica, I was laughing my rear end off as these people who had just a few short months ago called Jeff Sessions a racist were defending him <laughs> against yeah. the, 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 the meanie Donald Trump. And I'm thinking to myself, could this be Donald Trump just playing the, the biased press. What do you think? Well, you never quite know with Donald Trump, but I will say this about the man. He almost always knows, knows what he's doing when he does this stuff. Now, there's some sort of rogue tweets that sometimes you can't always explain, but I will say there's almost always a method to his madness here. And while most previous Republican candidates for president and Republican presidents have attacked the press because it's useful, and the press is a great boogeyman uh, for conservatives and Republicans. 
Previously, they've done it in a more targeted, judicious way. Rather than go to war with the mainstream leftist press every second of every day, which is what Trump does. Now, Trump is Trump. And I think his aides are saying, okay, look, the man just turned 71. We're not going to change him. Let Trump be Trump. The way Reagan's aides said, let Reagan be Reagan. And it was successful for Reagan. Trump is obviously a different political animal. So we'll see if, if this kind of approach is as successful for Trump as it was back in the 20th century for Ronald Reagan. In terms of just sessions, Look, traditionally, presidents, if they have a problem with one of their cabinet uh, officials, they'll bring them in behind closed doors and say, dude, what's up? Here's what I need you to do. What are you doing? Trump almost always takes to Twitter, takes to an interview with a major (laughs) organization to vent his frustrations. I, I am not, I think the jury is still out on whether that's an effective management strategy for the President of the United States. But then again, I think the American people, Chris, are willing to give this president a little more running room than they would with a traditional president. I got you. Hey, hey Monica, so I'm looking I'm looking at the clock. I, I am I am way long. Thank you so much. The great Monica Crowley, everybody, London Center for Policy Research here on the Chris Salcedo Show. We will talk again soon, lady. All right, back in a minute. Uh, more from McCain on the Chris Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. Telling the truth. It's one of those jobs American liberals won't do. That's why we need the liberty-loving Latino Chris Salcedo. The Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show. Listen, dial, speak. 888-900-3393. Let's head out of the phones. To New York we go. Rich, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show, man. Hey, Chris, thanks for having me again. Sure. Hey, uh, Chris, you remember the last time John McCain made a dramatic return to D.C.? Um, it arguably cost him the election. Oh, yeah, I remember. that he, Didn't he suspend his campaign or something like that to, yeah. for some not? Oh, it was the economic crisis, right? Right. What, and, and, of course, John McCain didn't know his rear end from a hole in the ground as far as the economy was concerned. So it was, well, just, it was just a big joke. That's interesting that you say that because it kind of dovetails nicely into what I really wanted to talk about, and it's how I was watching <clears throat> the arguments on the floor of the Senate last night for the amendment, um, and Ted Cruz was arguing... Um, of course, the the amendment ended up failing in, yeah. in the uh, in the vote, you know. But you know what? Really quick, I was reading about that too, Rich. Hold on a second, just so I can let folks know what happened. It it, it mm. failed, fifty seven to forty three, right? Yeah. Now now, how many Republicans are in in the Senate? With, I think we have fifty two. Fifty two, right? And so they said that nine Republicans defected to join all Democrats, and and I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. Some Democrats must have voted in the affirmative for it to get up to 57 because there's only 52 Republicans. Well, what happened was you had people, the, the usual Collins and Murkowski, the two <laughs> Republicans, they shouldn't even be called Republicans, but they, they, they believe that, you know, they're on the side of the Democrats with regard to, you well, know, no, they no, want... No, 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 you misunderstand, you misunderstand my point here. I, I'm, I'm just saying, it says... An amended version of the Better Care Reconciliation Act failed 57 to 43 as nine Republicans 
uh, joined all Democrats. So how, how can that how can that be possible? If yeah, nine if, if nine Republicans joined all the Democrats, guess who they, did? Well, no, no, no. Again, I'm, I'm just I'm just thinking I'm thinking numbers here, Rich. Only the the, the vote well, failed by fifty seven forty three, right? And there are only fifty two Republicans. So if nine Republicans left, then that would that would only leave you with what forty forty eight forty eight, right? First of all, they needed a sixty-vote threshold. It wasn't no. a it wasn't a simple majority. No, I they, get it. Well, I guess what I'm okay. saying to you is, if the final vote was fifty-seven forty-three, some Democrats must have crossed over to vote. Um, well, all the Democrat, well, not necessarily. All the Democrats voted no, and you had addition to uh, Murkowski and Collins. Uh, Rand Paul voted no. Mike Lee voted no. No, I know. Um, I, I, and again, but again, okay, we have a hundred senators, right? And there are fifty-two yeah. of them in the Republicans, right? The final yeah. vote was fifty-seven to forty-three. Right. Okay. So if there are only fifty-two Republicans, where did the other five votes come from? Well, you have all the Democrats voting no. Okay, so right. that's forty-eight. Right. Now start but, now start adding the Republicans that voted no. Right. So that but on the, the the no count and I, I hate to get bogged down in the weeds in this folks. I'm really trying to understand this. <laughs> that, that, that if 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 the final vote was 57 to 43 and it failed because they needed 60 votes, right? So the final vote was 57 to 43 and that equals 100 senators. And there are only 52 Republicans in the Senate. That means that 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 some Democrats voted for this bill. How do you figure? Because, well, there, there's 57. No, there's, no there's, there's, only four, there's only 48. If there's 50, there's 100 total. If there's 52 re- Republicans, right. there's, 40, there's 48 Democrats. All 48 Democrats voted no. Now start adding to the 48 to get to 57. But no, but, um, but, but, but the no votes were 43. No, no, there were, no, 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 no. You know what, I've more. got this, I've got this, folks, th- 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 this, this is where my confusion is. Because the, the, the no votes were 57, the yes votes were 43. So exactly so that that so that's, that's where, where getting, my confu- that, that's where my that's confusion where is. Confused, that's where my confusion is because the way it's written here and, and okay. <laughs> so okay so the, my confusion was I thought it was fifty seven forty three needing sixty to pass no. but fifty seven said yes but actually fifty seven said no. Got that's it. it exactly. All right, Rich. Now that that's all cleared up, go ahead. What did you want to talk about? <laughs> well, we, we, well, as they were making the arguments before, you know, the vote, Ted Cruz was, and <laughs> what a departure from listening to Donald Trump, okay? But, you know, he's so intelligent and articulate in making the case for, you know, free market choices and lowering premiums. Now, the, 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 the Democrat would come up and argue against him saying, Oh, that's just great, um, but unfortunately, the po- the insurance policies that Mr. Cruz is talking about aren't worth the paper they're printed on um, because th- this Democrat was basically arguing, saying that they're going to sell policies and not make good on them. Well, 
somebody should introduce this particular Democrat, I don't remember his name, to Economics 101, see? Because in the free market, when an insurance company reneges, they go out of business. Well, not only that, but there are rules against that. There are laws already in the books that will force these insurance companies to actually, uh, because these are contracts, that, that the insurance company cannot simply not pay. And there've been a lot, there's been a lot of good work to rein in the traders insurance companies and their insane uh, uh, clauses and small print and fine print. That's all been nearly done away with. So, that's, anyway, that's, yeah. hey, but but hey. these are these are the kind of arguments the the Democrats put forward. They they don't they don't go into the details because the details will expose how wrong yeah. they are. You know, that's true. Like, hey, buddy, I, I'm up against the top of the hour here. Thank you very much for the call, as always, Rich. I appreciate. You know what? I I didn't get a chance to watch Ted Cruz last night. I wish I had. I would have been a hell of a lot better than watching McCain. Speaking of which, I will deal with his comment about talk radio. Uh, in detail to lead the second hour coming up the Chris Salcedo show right here on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo show. Part of the next generation of talk radio. This is the Blaze Radio Network. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices? I don't have to show you any stinking vices! This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two of the Salcedo Show is underway, folks. We'll leave it as an open question today on the program. Do you agree with Trump reversing the Obama-era social engineering experiment? with our military uh, now prohibiting transgenders from serving in the U.S. military. Telephone number, if you want to weigh in, is uh, 888-933-93, 888-900-3393. You can always jump on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX, at C-H-R-I-S-S-A-L-C-E-D-O-T-X, or on Facebook, The Chris Salcedo Show. Let me deal with McCain in greater detail than I did in the first hour. Uh... I, to say that I, I don't feel silly when, when I offered prayers for John McCain and his family after his diagnosis, I don't regret that. I, I, not, not one iota. Because I did qualify the statement by saying we have had our differences politically. But when it comes to life and death, this is something that, you know, we're going we're gonna to side with wishing, wishing for life and and empathizing as human beings. I think John McCain behaved as a human being too. This, this compulsion by those of the political left to blame other people for their failure. And that's what John McCain has done. Just like Mitch McConnell before him. These individuals who are so fed up with us watching them. Why can't the folks just tune out? Take a lesson from the basket of biased press. Just tune out. Don't hold our feet to the fire. Listen to what we say. Don't watch what we do. So McCain, as he begs for bipartisanship, 
in the Senate that was destroyed by his good friend, Harry Reid, and by those who still remain inside of that deliberative body on the Democrat side, who all teamed up to destroy bipartisanship. John McCain now, that he is part of the majority, is pleading for bipartisanship. Now remember, it was the Democrats who plunged the dagger into the backs of the likes of John McCain. Remember when there was talk of going nuclear back in 2006, John McCain wrote in with his Democrat buddies and undermined Republicans when they were just thinking about it. Fast forward to, what was it, 2014, when Harry Reid went nuclear on judges. Where was John McCain and his infamous gang of 14? Democrats flipped John McCain the bird. Said, screw you, John. I'm not going to undermine my political party the way you did yours. And they didn't. And they went nuclear. I guess the good news is when you fast forward after that, when the Republicans went nuclear on Judge Gorsuch, John McCain had no ammunition. John McCain had been thoroughly debunked, had been thoroughly, uh, his credibility had been used up. But I'm sure he was behind the scenes trying to beg and plead with Republicans, don't do this, don't hurt my Democrat friends. I wish, he, I wish John McCain had as much passion for helping out his constituents in Arizona and understanding of conservatives that he does for Democrats. I wish he did, but he doesn't. Never has, and I don't think he will. John McCain, instead, in typical Obama fashion, same way Mitch McConnell did, blames people like your humble host, your liberty-loving Latino here, for his failures and the failures of the Republican Party to do some work for a living these last six, seven years. Was it too much to ask after seven years for the Republicans to have a consensus bill ready and raring to go for a Republican president to sign it? Was it too much to ask? What, that, that wasn't enough time, John McCain, for you to come up with a consensus bill, an alternative to Obamacare? What the hell were you doing all this time, John McCain? What work were you doing? You, you, hadn't, you hadn't been very successful at getting money for our troops until Donald Trump came in. Troops had been... And our, our military readiness had been completely eroded. What the hell were you doing, John McCain? Oh, I, I'm a loudmouth for asking that. I'm a loudmouth. Because uh, you, you don't understand what we do up here on, uh, on, uh, on Capitol Hill. You don't, you don't get it. You don't understand. Yes, all the power, all the wealth, the six-figure, $174,000 salary. Yeah, really tough tough life you got up there press fawning all over you as you're the favorite republican of the biased press tough life john mccain i mean why would you want to devote any work sir to the large lurch towards socialism that we took on obamacare all the underpinnings of socialism are there 
sending us toward a single-payer system. Where was the maverick John McCain? (laughs) He was too busy seeing the other side's point of view and decrying conservatives as, what was the word he used? Oh, yes, wacko birds. John McCain, before you start decrying people like me as loudmouths, you might want to look in the mirror, jackass. Stop listening to the bombastic loudmouths on the radio and television and the internet. Isn't his own daughter a political pundit on Fox News, on television? Just asking. Stop listening to the bombastic loudmouths on the radio and television and the internet. To hell with them. To hell with them. This is how a sitting senator regards fellow citizens with whom he politically disagrees. Now, when I say to hell with his Democrat friends on Capitol Hill, oh, I'm a loudmouth. When John McCain says to hell with me, oh, Respected Senator, triumphant return. Golf claps all around. Screw you, John McCain. Screw you. You can't put your failures on me, on Glenn, on Rush, on anybody. You own those, sir. Your political indecision, your inability to either understand or articulate free enterprise liberty, freedom. A world where government isn't involved in every drop and tittle of our lives. A limited government of, by, and for the people. These concepts seem foreign to you, John McCain. All I heard in your floor speech yesterday was a bunch of platitudes about Republicans caving into Democrats after Democrats had not shown the same bipartisanship over the last eight years. In my mind, sir, it makes you weak. There's, there's one thing to, to say, well, I'm going to turn the other cheek but the Democrats have slapped you, stabbed you, kicked you. When you were running for president, they bashed you. And then you still come, you still have harsher words for the conservative movement, for Republicans, for your own side, than you do for those individuals who treated you so shabbily. McCain wasn't dud. They don't want anything done for the public good. Our incapacity is their livelihood. Your incapacity, sir, is your own doing, sir. Your incapacity is a result of weak character. Your incapacity is a result of weak Knowledge, your incapacity, sir, is a result of a a misunderstanding of the founding of this nation and what we are supposed to be. We were not founded 
John McCain to be a socialist country. We were not founded to be at the service of government. The reason why you're having such a difficult time is that, you know what, imposing socialism in an American system really is tough. The reason why you're having such a difficult time, Senator McCain, is that every single time there has been a time to fight, in your time in the Senate, you've been MIA, sir. You honor this country when you wore the uniform and you have been an utter disgrace as a United States Senator. (laughs) Blaming us. Blaming us for your failures. Loudmouth, sir? How many times has that been used to describe you in the United States Senate? I'm going to think a little bit more on this. I I will wrap this up, other side of the break. It's Chris Salcedo's show here on The Blaze. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Stop listening to the bombastic loudmouths on the radio and television and the internet. To hell with them. Stop listening to us, eh, John McCain? Those of us who inform the American people about the National Security Agency and the FBI, they violated specific civil liberty protections during the Obama administration. They improperly searched and disseminated raw intelligence on American citizens, the very American citizens, John McCain, you are charged with protecting. Where the hell were you? Where were you, John McCain, when the previous administration was systematically violating our rights? Oh, stop listening to us. Oh, we should listen to you? You have the, you have the temerity to call us loudmouths? You blowhard? What? St- calling us loudmouths in service to what? To your Democrat friends? We talk about things that you have abandoned, sir. Chief among them, the people of the United States. Our civil liberties violated by the, the man you laid down for in 2008. The man you couldn't save us from in 2008 just saying he was a good man. Oh, excellent judge of character you are, Senator McCain. The memos reviewed by The Hill were publicly released on July 11th through Freedom of Information Act litigation by the American Civil Liberties Union. They detail specific violations that the NSA or FBI disclosed to Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court or the Justice Department's National Security Division during the President Obama's tenure between 2009 and 2016. This on top of the FISA court's admonition 
that resident Obama and his cronies violated our civil rights for years. And where the hell was John McCain? He was too busy making, uh, making his friends. <laughs> I'm too busy making my friends happy over here on the Democrat side. <laughs> Congratulations, Mr. McCain. We are the ones, sir, who do what you do not. Apparently look out for that forgotten group. We, the people. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I might as well. You, did you guys hear this dust up between Blake Farenthold and Susan Collins? Now, those of you who don't know who Blake Farenthold is, he's a, he is a uh, congressman in Texas. I believe he's in Texas. Uh, Blake Farenthold. Let me see where he is. Yeah. Anyway, Blake Farenthold was describing Susan Collins, this this woman who is not a conservative, this woman who uh, doesn't believe in limited government or doesn't share conservative values of limited government, of liberty, freedom, uh, uh, apparently because of the way she votes. Choosing to side with... She's fighting to preserve Obamacare, ladies and gentlemen. She fights to preserve this, this gateway to single payer. Anyway, Blake Farenthold had, what did he tweet this? If it was a guy from South Texas, he wrote about Susan Collins, I might ask him to step outside and settle this Aaron Burr style. And that was referring, referring to the uh, Aaron Burr, Alexander Hamilton duel. <clears throat> well, the, the left wing you know, Susan Collins supporters, the left wing, they went crazy over this. Oh, misogynist attacking a poor woman, Senator Collins. She's as pure as the wind-driven snow. And blah, blah, blah. and so they came down on Blake Farenthold. And that was the call of the day for a good couple of days. Then as Carlos Garcia in The Blaze writes, an open mic led us into the, uh, the personality of Susan Collins, who, who wasn't uh, uh, apparently this pure-as-the-wind-driven-snow public servant. Turns out she's every bit the viper her Democrat friends are. She was uh, chortling things up. She was chortling with... Uh, one of her good, close ideological friends, Senator Jack Reed, a Democrat from, from Rhode Island. And she said, uh, which by the way, Jack Reed said, hey, did you see the one who challenged me to a duel? Colin said to Senator Jack Reed. I know, trust me, he responded. You know why he challenged you to a duel? Because, he could, you, because you could beat the blank out of him. And, and these two liberal progressives start laughing together. Uh, Senator Susan Collins from Maine and Senator Jack Reed from Rhode Island. One is a Republican, one is a Democrat, but both are progressives who believe in the all-powerful government lording over your life. Anyway, so this 
pure and innocent woman who was so viciously attacked by this mean Blake Farenthold Republican in Texas. She went on to say, uh, remember, Jack Reed says, because he could beat the blank out of you, or, 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 sorry, because you could beat the blank out of him. She says, yeah, with a stick, laughing, quote, what a fat guy. He's huge. He's so unattractive. It's unbelievable, Collins said. Did you see the picture of him in his pajamas next to this bunny, this Playboy bunny? So Susan Collins, far from the innocent wallflower, uh, <laughs> turns out to be every bit the pit viper that we all suspect she is. And can you imagine if Blake Farenthold had made fun of her weight or made fun of her looks? What a double standard. Why is it that Susan Collins can fat shame somebody or make fun of somebody's looks without any ramifications? Congressman Randy Weber up next, folks. Russia collusion. We found it on The Chris Salcedo Show. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On the Blaze Radio Network. The Chris Salcedo Show. Let's get to our next guest. Congressman Randy Weber joining me now. He represents the 14th District here in the great state of Texas. Weber currently holds a key leadership role in the Science, Space, and Technology Committee, serving as the chairman of the Energy Subcommittee. He's also a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Congressman, great to have you back on the Chris Salcedo Show. Thank you, Chris. Great to be here. Let's first off talk about... uh, the, the, the timely stuff before we get you uh, on to talk about what we, we, we really wanted to talk to you about, which is what you've discovered along with one of your colleagues, I believe it was Lamar Alexander, about Russian money flowing into the United States. This current debate going on up in the Senate, as, as a Republican here from Texas, uh, what do you want to see the Senate send over to conference with the House bill? What do you want to see? Well, I'm I'm pretty purist, Chris. And by the way, it's Lamar Smith from San Antonio uh, that ah. we've got the letter on the Russian fracking in, involvement. Got it. Uh, but um, I, I'm pretty purist. I would love to see a clean repeal bill. Okay, uh, go back to pure market-driven, uh, patient-centered, doctor-supported, market-driven healthcare like we had before Obamacare kicked in. Now, having said that, I recognize that that's not going to be what we get out of the Senate. Uh, What I want out of the Senate is basically what the Freedom Caucus, which I'm a member, held out for, and that is we want as many of the taxes, if not all of them, repealed. We want all of the mandates, employer mandate, individual mandate, and what's called the EHBs, essential health benefits, repealed, that tells people what kind of plan they have to buy. I'd love to get pure pure market-driven plans back. Having said that, we recognize that there are uh, forces here in in the country and in Congress and in the insurance industry amongst the people that want 26-year-olds to be able to stay on their parents' uh, insurance policy that want pre-existing conditions covered. Um, now, one of the, by the way, one of the things, Chris, I wanted was to give as absolute much 
power back to the states to decide what kind of health care plans yeah. it could sell in the states. So well, uh, that, that's what I want, but now will I get it? Don't hold your breath. You're right. And you know what? You've outlined something that's, it's, that's coming to light, I think. Uh, Rush Limbaugh had talked about this, and, and as we discover more of who's paying who and who's lobbying most and who has the most money, it, it turns out that what, what the people I call the traitorous insurance companies, because they abandoned free enterprise, they abandoned American capitalism when they joined Obama to force us to buy their product. I'll, I'll never forgive them for it. The, these, peop, these people are actually the, the architects of, you know, we, we thought that they were actually American companies, that they actually had um, uh, American values in them, but they don't want to compete. They, they, they are the ones, the architects of putting up these dividing lines so that, th that they are uh, only uh, able to have certain rules in certain states, and that drives up the cost of their products. They don't want to compete. They're crony capitalists, and in my view, sir, they are working against the best interest of the American people. Do I have it right? Well, I think there's a great argument to be made about they do not want free market. They, and in fact, Chris, one of the things I have said for a long time, and I've raised eyebrows by saying it, of course, this is my fifth year in Congress. I said, you know, if you think about it, Obamacare has worked in this fashion. It has changed the diet. And everybody raises their eyebrows on the Republican side, and especially when I'm with my conservative buds. Because if you think about it, it has changed the dialogue from not, you know, does the health, does the government need to be an insurance, health insurance business at all? Right. Now, it, now it's to what extent does the government need to be in the health care business? So the free market uh, prospect that you and I would, uh, you know, the principle that you and I would love to live by, want to live by, and hope for the rest of the country, and hope for all of industry is out the window because Obamacare has established the fact that there's going to be involvement. You know, Hillary Clinton is in, is, uh, in the process of getting her way. She wanted a single-payer system in 1994, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, and now there's talk about, you know, well, uh, I think Obamacare was designed basically to break the system so that someday, you know, representatives and senators would be worn down and they would simply vote to say, okay, okay, well, let's let the government take it over and run it and establish exactly what you said, a non-free market system. It's appalling. It is. Uh, uh, Randy Weber is our guest right now, folks. 14th District in the great state of Texas. Let's get on to uh, what you and Lamar Smith have discovered about a money trail from Vladimir Putin in Russia to certain groups here in the United States, and it directly impacts the state of Texas as a major energy producer and all other energy producing states, let's be fair, sure. that Russia is funding these anti-energy groups out there, the, these left-wing, liberal, progressive, green groups. Well, tell us what you found. Well, you're exactly right. Chairman Lamar Smith from San Antonio, and uh, as the chairman of the full Science, Space, and Technology Committee, myself as chairman of the Subcommittee on Energy, wrote a letter to Secretary Mnuchin uh, that lays out the outline of how Russian companies uh, have been sending money to uh, the island of Bermuda. There's some laundering groups there. Um, these, this is a shell company, if you will, that takes this money from ostensibly people who sit on their boards who all have ties to Russian energy groups, interestingly enough. And what they do is they funnel it to a group called um, Sea, uh, Green, sea Change over here in the United States, who in turn funnels it to groups like uh, you're talking about, uh, or you could go down the list for that matter, uh, any number of them. 
Um, and they actually come out against fracking. Their goal, Chris, is to def- is to defer any ability for American companies to produce oil and, and gas because they want the, and then you know we would want it sold to Eastern Europe and the countries over there. Russians don't want that. It's ironic, Chris, that the Democrats are all concerned that the Russians tried to hack into our system during the election because we have proof solid that they've been funding uh, some of these uh, groups to to argue against fracking permits through the EPA and all these things, trying to suppress the U.S. energy company. Now, never mind that Hillary Clinton, you know, sold off, you know, approved off 20% of our nation's uranium uranium to Russian companies. That's not collusion, you know. And they got got millions, hundreds of millions of dollars in their bank account and their foundation shortly thereafter by, incidentally, coincidentally, Chris, the very people who sit on some of those boards of those Russian companies. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Well, I know, and, and, and what's, what's surprising to me, I'm saying with tongue firmly planted in cheek, that the, the press that has been so dedicated to finding Russia collusion, well, here it is. Russia is colluding with left-wing groups in the United States, actually funding them to basically quell uh, U.S. energy production with the goal of rising, uh, raising the prices of Russia energy, number one, so they can fund their, their, uh, whatever it is they do over in Russia, their, their inhuman activities across the board. Also, also, so they can keep their boot on the throat of Eastern Europe, which is uh, who their biggest client is for energy right now, and they can, they can use it as a bludgeon to get their way with the former Soviet republics, yes? Well, that, that's absolutely correct. The Transportation Infrastructure Committee went over to, to uh, Europe uh, back in March, which I'm a member, and we met with Polish. Uh, we went to Poland and to Latvia, and we stood there with American generals, a tank outfit, uh, about the Russian counterparts across the line. We talked to Polish gen- uh, generals. We talked to the Polish peoples and diplomats, Chamber of Commerce people, and they're absolutely concerned on two fronts, actually. One, that Putin wants to control them and their economy by shutting down the gas pipeline. <clears throat> and guess what? He does it in the wintertime, you know, when it's minus, you know, whatever, zero degrees. And they're also concerned that Russia will eventually invade, believe it or not, Eastern Europe. So Putin yeah. is a dictator. He's, he's And even Hillary Clinton, Chris, by the way, uh, with some WikiLeaks that came out in email, and some of her comments to the Wall Street bankers literally said that Russians were doing that. Uh, former Secretary General of the United Nations literally said that Russians were su- trying to suppress the gas market, oil and gas market over here, so that they could maintain their supremacy there in Russia and Eastern Europe. I mean, he's got a death grip on Eastern Europe. We would love to get America energy independent. We would love to be able to sell into those markets. Everybody wins. And right. yes, the Russians have the Russians have been supp- colluding to suppress this for a long time. Clinton knew it. Hillary Clinton knew it. She she uh, alluded to it in her speeches. Uh, sec- former Secretary of the UN, uh, Secretary General of the UN knew it. He he stated it. We know it. We've got the money trail. Uh, so we want Secretary Mnuchin of the Treasury Department to go ahead in there and let's do. They've got they have the tools to go in there and follow this money trail and decide if these guys, quite frankly, are foreign agents because there's a federal law. Yeah, no, I hear you. Cong- 
Congressman, I'm I'm up against the clock here. You know what? And I'm hoping that ABC, NBC, and CBS, because they're so desirous to find evidence of Russian collusion, that I'm sure they're they're about ready to knock on your office door, sir. I'll I'll bet you it's going to happen any day now. Congressman Randy Weber, everybody, represents the 14th District in the great state of Texas, sir. Appreciate the time, as always, here on the Salcedo Show. Yeah, thank you, Chris. You're the best. All right, coming up, we will uh, get into, well, uh, it seems to be a practice that Democrats, I guess they go to Democrat school to learn how to do this. When you don't want to leave any evidence behind, you start smashing stuff, you know, like hard drives and cell phones. I'll be back in a minute. Salcedo Show here on The Blaze. The Chris Salcedo Show. On The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. This has been a difficult week for the media because I forced them to travel with us all around the country and spend time with tens of thousands of proud Americans who believe in defending our values, our culture, our borders, our civilization, and our great American way of life. Everyone in this arena is united, united by their love for this country and their loyalty to one another, their loyalty to its people. Donald Trump in Ohio yesterday, barn burner of a speech, and I probably would have spent most of the show talking about that if I hadn't spent uh, the first half talking about, well, uh, the tweet today. This president has an uncanny ability to step on his own message. And with his tweet about uh, transgender serving in the military, well, we didn't get a chance to talk about all the good things that happened at this Trump rally. One of the notable things that did happen was a, uh, a devout member of the opposite party, a devoted Democrat in Ohio, who had been featured by Fox News, his name was Gino, Gino the Democrat. Trump gets a hold of him, invites him to share the stage in Ohio with him. And this, can you remember a, a sitting president ever doing something like this, turning over the microphone to just a, not only a, 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 an average citizen, but an average citizen of the other party who voted for him? Listen to this. You know, anybody who knows me, Friends of mine, people who love me, it's worse for them. But they know how it's been since President Trump started running for the, with the election. How much I supported this guy, how much I love this guy. I said, this guy's got something. He's the real deal. Everybody else, everybody else came and they says, oh, we're going to fight for you. We're fighting for you. Well, this, this is Youngstown, Mr. President. Yeah. Now, what does that sound like? Doesn't this sound like what Chuck Toomer wanted to react to yesterday? Democrats just like Gino here. Who had said, you know, your devotion to black lives matter and their violence and their hatred of cops and whites, your devotion to radical Islam, your devotion to uh, 
trans fake transgender issues doesn't put food on my plate doesn't get me a job doesn't doesn't secure the border doesn't secure my community but the democrats were focusing on other stuff and democrats in flyover country said our party's abandoned us our party is dedicated to getting people hooked on social programs rather than getting people back to work. That's what the Democrat Party stands for today. So here comes Gino saying, this, this guy, this guy right here, he's the real deal. And that's the, the typical Democrat voter who had left the Democrat Party or the Democrat Party had left them. And I, I just think it's just notable. And Chuck Toomer is trying to get Gino back. But Chuck Toomer's words are ringing hollow. Not to mention the fact that he's just come up with solving all of his image problems by proposing more socialism, more left-wing extremism. Lastly, there was a guy who was arrested yesterday, well, on, on bank fraud. But I have a feeling it's going to expand to a lot more than that. He was the IT guy for Debbie Washerman Schultz and the DNC. His name was Imran Awan. And he was caught trying to flee the country at Dulles International Airport. Perfectly innocent, I'm sure, because he's a Democrat. Uh, Dana Lash writing over on, um, on The Blaze. Last February, an information technology administrator working for Democrat Debbie Washerman Schultz, Pakistani-born Imran Awan banned from the Congressional net, uh, Network as part of an ongoing criminal criminal investigation. Turns out the FBI seized some hard drives at uh, old Imran Awan's house. Turns out these hard drives were smashed to pieces. Uh, of course, uh, an act of an innocent man, because we know this is what Hillary Clinton did to all of her cell phones. And she was completely innocent, too, you know. <laughs> what, do these Democrats take classes in smashing evidence? Is, is that what they do? Remember, everybody, society's worth not measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved. For we the people have a grand day Thursday tomorrow. Back here. The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.